Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of the Influential Parenting Program that helps parents target the root of the issue rather than whacking away on the surface. On today's program, we're continuing the series, The Anchor Dad, and I've really enjoyed putting this series together because I've seen the truth of how dads can serve as the anchor for their kids in so many different ways. In the research I've done, in my own home, in families' homes that have gone through influential parenting and adopted it and seen the relationship between the dad and the kids just completely transform. But even more important, it's given me an opportunity to look at all the research into fathers, into dads, and how important we really are. In a society that seems to really minimize the importance of men or being male, and also that seems to portray men, especially fathers, in a negative, even a stupid light in many popular television programs and all of the other internet delivery vehicles, it was really actually encouraging to look at the research from psychology, which confirms so much of what I've already found in the research I've done with 4,000 kids and in the coaching we do with families. And the anchor really is just a great analogy for what dads can serve as in their home, for their kids, for their kids' future and their success. And we need to realize that there's really two types of anchors. There's a mooring, which is a giant, heavy, dumbbell-shaped weight that kind of sticks down deep into the soil and serves as a place that uh, you can take a yacht or a sailboat and hook up to it and and ride out uh, a storm. In fact, when I was growing up in high school, I had a job at Radio Shack and had my own lawn cutting business, and I had my own boat, and it was moored out on the Long Island Sound. It was in a, ch- it was off the channel that went into a harbor, and it was out there, and it would get battered by these brutal storms, these the hurricanes that would every once in a while make it up the coast and hit Long Island and go across Long Island Sound would would blast into exactly where my boat was. And I remember my uncle calling one time as one of these hurricanes struck, and he called after about 24 hours of the storm. He said, your boat's about to sink because it was filling up with water. The The mooring had done its job. The, the boat was there. It hadn't broken away. It hadn't blown away. It hadn't been destroyed, but it was going to sink. So I had to go out there and actually dive into the sound and swim in these huge waves, get to the boat and somehow climb onto it. Um, it would have capsized. It was so full of water if I went over the side. So I had to go over the back of the boat where the motor was and get up in there and sit in in that storm for a couple of hours with the bilge pump running just to, to empty the boat so it wouldn't sink. But there's that mooring that that the boat comes to and attaches to, and then um, it can ride out a storm. The other form of anchor is if a ship's in a huge storm, they'll go to the leeward side of the island where they're buffeted, protected by the wind, where the waves are smaller, and they'll set down actually three anchors. I didn't realize this until 
our webmaster who used to serve in the Navy came and told me this, and I thought it was just such a great analogy that this ship will sit, set out three anchors, one straight out, one a little to the right, one a little to the left. They'll, they'll anchor those in. And whether it's a mooring or an anchor, it's really fascinating. There's a lot of extra line or chain that's put out. The reason for that is twofold. If the anchor line's too tight or the mooring line's too tight, when the tide goes up or there's a storm surge that comes up, the the, the line will be too short and it'll actually pull the boat under. The same is true when the ship sets three anchors. It sets the anchors and leaves a lot of slack chain because when the storm surge comes in, as the tide rises, that ship could actually be pulled under. It could sink because the chains were too short. The lines were too short to the anchors, which is such a great analogy for what we found in the influential parenting research was that when parents were holding on really tight, when the leash was really short, that tended to be where the problems really came in really quickly. So where you believe this anchor is going to be something that saves you, this short line is going to be something that keeps your kids safe, just like with a ship, oftentimes it can lead to disaster. And so as we think further about this analogy, in both cases, the ship or the boat approaches the mooring and it sends out the anchor or it sends out the line to the mooring and it attaches to the ground. It anchors to the ground. And that's really important for us to realize as dads. Our kids need to come to us like we're a mooring alongside the channel and they've got to decide to attach their line to us. Now, this isn't a huge deal with a one or two-year-old, but starting around age three, four, five, and especially six, seven, eight, nine, the kid deciding to attach to us, to buy into us, to, to come to us when there's problems and not hide things from us, it's so important. They've got to decide to take their line and put it and attach it to us, their mooring, their anchor. And even on that mooring line, there needs to be a significant amount of slack. It's fascinating because on that boat that I had moored out on Long Island Sound, I had this long slack line that went out from the mooring, the, the, the buoy. There's this big round floating bobber on top of the mooring chain that's really long that gets real, you know, as the tide goes down, it just kind of coils up on the bottom of the, of the ocean. It's so much longer than it needs to be. And then you have this long line that comes off the mooring that attaches to the bow of your boat. And what was interesting is even on that line, you would have a stretch line that went from a point on the line, then left a loop in the, in the mooring line and attached to another point on that mooring line so that there was this loop in the middle and that middle line was stretchy so that the boat could stretch out from the mooring, come back towards it, stretch out, and the the mooring line itself wouldn't get the full slap of the waves, the full tension of the wind, because that can cause issues. It can cause uh, lines to break. 
And so as we think about that as dads, it's really important to realize that our role has to have that same kind of flex in our kids' lives. There's times where they might distance from us. Then there's times that they might draw closer to us. But it's important that we're always there, that we're stable, and we're that safe place that a mooring or being on the windwards uh, on the downwind side of the island is for a ship or a boat it's a safe place where they can come to where they can feel completely supported encouraged that they can feel completely safe and i know that bucks against so much of how maybe our fathers raised us or what we've seen or been told or heard in different articles or movies or books even that have told us that we need to use that tough love. We need to be that accountability source. But, you know, accountability can can be done in a number of different ways. And as we go in this series, we're going to talk a little bit about that topic of accountability in the next program. But now let's step back to that quick little analogy of the three anchors. And I love it so much. Let's say there's three anchors in front of the ship. And that's really what our kids need. And I believe, I know there's a lot of articles out there and a lot of stuff out there that kids are raised by a community. It takes, you know, a community to raise a kid. And and I would love to go back to those days where neighborhoods were neighbors and all of those things were possible. Um, but Today, with the breakdown in the neighborhood, with technology, our dependence upon technology, the breakdown of relationships, is that really going to happen? And the good news is I believe that we don't need a whole tribe to raise the kid. What we need are three anchors, just like with a ship. We need three anchors. We need an engaged, positive, encouraging father. We need a supportive, helpful, and empowering mom. And then the third anchor would be God. So if we were to really do this in a family structure for our kids and how they have this need to make their dads proud and and a sense that they please their fathers, that center anchor off the ship's bow would be dad. And the anchor off to the right, of course, would be that loving, caring mom who's there and does so much for their kids. And then off to the left, the anchor would be God. God is the ultimate anchor we need to instill connection to within our kids, because when they leave our homes, that's going to be the safe port that they need to go to in times of trouble, and they're on the college campus— God's got to be speaking to them. They need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Now, we're still there, but I would argue that when they leave our homes, God needs to move to that center point anchor, and then mom and dad are off to the right and the left. But we're still there. We can still serve as that safe harbor from a distance if we have the relationship to do it. But dad, when the kids are 2, 3, 5, 10, 13, 16, 18, Dad's that anchor that's right out there in the middle that keeps the bow of that ship pointed straight into the wind and the waves that could swamp the boat. And the recent research into the importance of dads or fathers is really showing that this can be the case both for our sons and daughters, that we truly are essential in serving as their anchor in a number of vital ways. In an article entitled Dads Make a Big Difference, there were some fascinating statistics that every dad really needs to consider 
The article said this, that children who grow up with involved fathers are 39% more likely to earn mostly A's in school, 45% less likely to repeat a grade, 60% less likely to be suspended or expelled from school, twice as likely to go to college and find stable employment after high school, 75% less likely to have a teen birth, and 80% less likely to spend time in jail. Of course, the question we need to ask ourselves then is what does an involved father look like? What does it mean to be an involved father? And when we come back in a couple of minutes, we'll continue talking about that. What does it mean to be an involved father? One that will be that anchor that will lead to these amazing statistics being true with our kids, both our sons and our daughters, when we come back to revive families connecting hearts in just a couple of minutes. Hello, I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family. I hope you're finding this series, The Anchor Dad, valuable, and I want to share my heart with you. It's my heart that Revive Family come alongside as many parents and families and kids that are struggling as possible because we've seen in the research that we've done with 4,000 kids that the parent-child relationship truly is the key to a kid continuing in their faith. Today, 70 to 90% of kids leave the church as they leave their parents' homes, and it's my heart to see that stop. That's why we try and provide detailed, helpful, accurate information on our radio program and podcasts. This radio program and our podcast series is solely funded by the people who benefit from it. We're counting on you to pay it forward so that we can continue to offer all of this information and all of these resources for free. If you're finding the content from our programs, blogs, and podcasts helpful, please consider making a donation at revivefamily.com. You can go there and click on the Donate tab, and you can donate as little as $5. Everything helps, and we truly appreciate your generosity. Have a great week. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and I'm so glad that you've come back to continue listening to Session 2 of The Anchor Dad. I truly believe that the change in society that we talked about in the first episode of this series and the admission of psychology for having moved us down the path to dads seeing themselves just as being the provider in the family has been detrimental to kids and young people in our country. It's led to a vacuum of involved dads. Now, granted, research is showing that the number of involved dads has increased, but that does lend the question of what does involvement mean? Having worked with so many different families and done so many parenting sessions around the country with our influential parenting program, I know that many dads really wrestle with what is their role, what does it mean to be involved, because so often we're seen as the provider. So often we're seen as that person that needs to be the disciplinarian, the person that deals with the problems when we get home from work, when we're tired, and we really don't want to deal with the problems. So what does it mean to be involved? A 2017 Heritage Foundation article reported that routine family bonding activities like reading bedtime stories, eating meals together, have a profound effect on a children's educational development and psychological well-being. In fact, it went on to say this, that studies have shown that when fathers are affectionate 
and supportive, it generally affects a child's cognitive and social development in a positive way. This type of involvement also instills an overall sense of well-being and self-confidence. And this is the case with both sons and daughters. The studies are showing that fathers are essential for their daughters in providing both security and emotional support, that the father basically models what a good relationship is with a man. If a father is loving and gentle, his daughter will look for those qualities in the men when she's old enough to begin dating and looking for a mate of her own. Of course, it's also true if we're modeling unhealthy or negative traits in our relationships with our daughters, they'll end up looking for that in the relationships that they pursue in the future. It's different with our son. Boys will model their relationships with others based upon their father's character. If we're sincere, if we care, if we're supportive, if we're encouraging, if we're honest and we're loyal, that's what our boys will end up looking for in relationships going forwards in their lives. Boys will seek the approval from their fathers from a very young age. In fact, boys will grow up imitating the behavior of their fathers and those around them. If a father is caring and treats people with respect, the young boy will grow up much the same. But when a father's absent or involved in a negative way, the young boy looks to other male figures to set the boundaries for how to behave and survive in the world which is why we truly are their anchors, whether it's with the daughters who will assess how our relationship is with them and how we relate to them. That's what they'll look for going forwards, which puts them on a much steadier ground if we're doing it in a positive, supportive, encouraging, caring way. And then the the boys are looking to imitate how we function in relationships with others. And so they're looking to us in so many ways. And that's why we're so important, not just for today, but for their future as fathers. One of the reasons we serve so much like an anchor in our kids' lives is the research by Lee Rabby and others indicates that we provide a sense of security for our children. Much like a mooring alongside a channel for my boat or the anchors on a ship, that sense of security is there. Even if it's not being used at that moment in time, it's always known that we can throw out the anchor or we can get to our home base mooring where we'll be safe, where we'll be secure. To give children a sense of security, Lee Rabby identified some of these items. Show affection toward them. Appreciate them. Treat them with respect. I find this one really fascinating because so many parents come to me saying my kids don't respect me, and they're trying to force their kids to respect them. And what they may not be realizing is that to provide a sense of security for their kid and for their kid to want to listen to them, want to be close to them, to want to use them as a sounding board, we need to be treating our kids with respect. I know this is one of the pillars of love and respect, but respect is really defined as a sense of esteem held by someone for someone else. It's not something that can be demanded. It's not something that can be commanded. It's something that's earned not by what we say, but how we function, how we interact, how we handle different situations. It's 
by what we do, not what we say. And I've found that when we respect our kids, we listen to them, we believe in them, we empower them, we help them make good decisions and allow them make some bad decisions along the way that we help them learn from in a loving, kind way, then they turn around and attach to it much more deeply, like that boat pulling up to that mooring on the channel. Other ways we can provide this sense of security, which is really important when our kids are young, but I found it's equally important during the adolescent years, is to acknowledge their feelings. Now, this is something that a lot of dads have a hard time with, and I can't tell you how important it really is. Our kids' feelings matter, but what that means is we need to be in touch with our own feelings. And whether it's moms or dads, so many of the adults I talk with have a really limited emotional range. They can identify pain and hurt. They can get to anger and frustration. They can get to negativity. But they have a really hard time identifying their feelings in different situations, whether it's in a difficult situation at work or a difficult situation with their spouse or a situation that maybe they know they're fearful of with their kids, but the feelings that go underneath fear and anger are often completely not recognized, not interpreted, not understood. And as a result, we have a hard time looking for them, seeing them, and interacting with our kids around their feelings. And to provide that security, acknowledging and providing a safe place for emotional communication and emotional connection is critical. That's why this is listed in Lee Rabbi's list of items that provide security. Acknowledge their feelings. Another one is give them your full attention. When you're with them, you've got to be with them. And I know this is something I can be guilty of at times, is in the evening pulling out my computer when the family's doing something and checking my email and trying to get back and schedule things with some of the people I work with across the country. And my kids in some of those circle back times where every six months I go to them and say, okay, how have I blown it? That's one of the things that they'll bring up with me is you're not always there. You're not always paying attention when I'm talking to you. So dad's you know, hopefully that one's slapping you in the face like it slaps me in the face. Um, Then be approachable. This is really important. Our kids need to feel like we're going to be there to listen not react, not respond, not judge, not condemn, but we need to be approachable so that they, when they start to encounter a storm, they can reach out and stick that mooring cord out and latch onto us to ride out that storm. My daughter, Jennifer, did this the other day from college. She picked up the phone and said, Dad, just came out of this meeting with our college ministry and it really bothered me. And I'm like, why did it bother you? And we went into the details and we went through it. And I helped her recognize that there's probably more going on that she didn't realize behind the scenes. And it led to this great conversation that allowed her to let go of the emotional storm that hit her square on in the face because she came to me, latched onto my mooring, and we pointed the bow right into that wind and into that wave. And she got off the phone feeling so much better because I'm approachable. She sees me as a safe place. Remind them that you love them unconditionally. Now, man, this is where influential parenting can really help you, is if you're used to using a tough love approach or you're really strong into consequences, boundaries and consequences, it can really break down the sense that we love our kids unconditionally. 
And this is so essential in today's crazy world. If we want to stay the anchor in our kids' lives and not see our influence fritter away and be handed to their friends or their teachers or other adults outside of our home, this is really important, that our kids feel loved unconditionally. And that's why I'd recommend if you're a dad that's wrestling with this and going, wow, I think I need to make some changes, please sign up and take our Influential Parenting online class. It's short 7 to 14-minute sessions. It's also got an audio book download of the entire content broken into chapters. So you can listen while you're working out or driving to work in the traffic. This is a great way to learn how to be that unconditional loving father without losing the influence, without losing the ability to keep your kids heading down a healthy path. There were two more suggestions from Lee Rabbi's research. Keep your promises, be dependable and trustworthy. Man, if you want to be an anchor in your kids' lives, they have to know where the mooring is, and it's got to be there consistently. It can't be something that breaks promises, that lets them down. It can't be something that doesn't seem trustworthy to them. That is the fastest way to see the mooring line break between you, that mooring stuck deep into the the ocean floor that the kids can anchor to, and that mooring line that goes between the mooring and them, the boat. This is the series called The Anchor Dad. We hope you're finding it helpful. And we're going to be back next week as we look at some more of the research as to what it says we can do to be the anchor in our kids' lives. We'll talk about how we maintain accountability while being this nurturing, caring, understanding father. And we'll explore more what it means to be the anchor in your kids' lives. Thanks for joining us for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I look forward to being back with you next week. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.